PCC, we're back again. It's Elijah. I'm Ellis. And we are so glad that you're here. If you don't know, we come to you basically every Sunday. Sometimes there are other people. Sometimes. Who like to cycle in, <laughs> try and try and take what's, you know, try and take our spot. But so far, they've not totally succeeded yet. Some of you out there probably wish they would, <laughs> if we're just being honest. But, you know. You're still with us, but we're here to tell you a little bit about this week and just some things coming up, but also talk about kind of whatever, wherever the journey takes us. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. It's, uh, hasn't been as brutally hot as it was a few weekends ago, which yes. is nice. Uh, but you know it's probably coming. Yeah, and it's gonna stay next time. I think, unfortunately. So, it's been nice though. Yeah, we're chilling. Like, if you're not in the Central Virginia area, you're like, what are they talking about? Yeah, we're chilling like light, right at low 80s. Yeah, like you know, uh, middle of the day, you might even catch like high 70s. Yeah, and that's just you know, winds blowing a little bit. It's, that's perfect. It's nice. Low 80s yeah. is about as high as I'll go. Yes, and and I still don't like it. You know, it's still not my preference. <laughs> But, you know, I, I take it, I guess. But, yeah, as soon as we start getting 85 and above, I'm, I'm pretty much out yep. at that point. Well, you know, I have seen a fair few snakes already. Yeah. And as soon as I as soon as that happens, I'm like, okay. No. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Another underappreciated part of winter, I will say. You're not wrong. Yeah, no bugs, no snakes, none of that. Yeah. But anyway, that's for a different, <laughs> that's for a different time. We're continuing our Oh Brother series mm -hmm. this week. Uh, Angie, our pastor Angie, is actually going to give us the message. If you didn't know, if you weren't here last week, you should go back and check it out because there's there's more information on what I'm about to tell you. Mm -hmm. But our senior pastor, Brian Hughes, is actually officially out on sabbatical at this point and excuse me, will be on sabbatical for uh, a, a few months, actually, yeah, until the fall. Uh, again, they explained this more in detail in last week's uh, service, so you should check it out if you weren't here. But um, you you won't see him very much this summer preaching because he's taking the time to reconnect with God, reconnect with his family, focus, and honestly, just take a little bit of a break because it's been a little crazy for him and uh, some of the other leaders around here over the past few years, yeah. as I'm sure it has been in your household too. Uh, so taking some uh, kind of much needed and uh, deserved time off if you will although it's not completely time off because you know the pursuit of god it never ends yeah time to recharge yeah what you don't do by you don't you don't always do by just you know doing nothing right exactly it's an active yeah. recharge yeah there you so go. i think they said it's been he took his first sabbatical 10 years in yeah i remember and now it's been 10 years since 
Yeah. The first one, so there you go. I was Here there. I was there Man. when you took the first one. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. I wasn't on staff yet, but I was volunteering. And, uh, yeah, I do remember that. So it has been a while. Yeah. So you're you. We got Angie this week, which you know, not that. he's not here. He's not here. So it's a little bit of an upgrade. Oh. I'm just kidding. Man, I'm, I'm just kidding. Going to see this. I'm oh, just kidding. My gosh. I am kidding. <laughs> uh, Brian does an amazing job, but yes. so does Angie. Is my point. Yes. And this week's message is going to be no different. Yeah. Uh, so and then I actually get to finish out the series next week. There you go. So that'll be fun. So we'll see a lot of definitely lot of not an upgrade there, but. Um, no, I'm right. I'm, and you I'm know it. Trying, mm. You're trying not to hurt my feelings, but it's cool. We can move on. Um, but anyway, I'm excited about it. I'm okay. excited about all right, all right, it is right. the point. <laughs> I'm excited about it. And then you're actually going to hear from this guy again soon down the road. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not that far off. Next series, which yeah. we'll tell you about in a couple of weeks. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get into that. Yeah. But anyway, there's a lot going on uh, this summer. So if you're in the area, if you live in the area or just watching online because it's it's what you prefer that's fine uh but there's a lot for you uh to to come hang out to meet other people to to see them in person to just get out of the house if that's something you need so i encourage you to go on the website pccwire.net slash events you can check it out uh again there's pretty much something for everybody whether you have kids or no kids you got teenagers no teenagers uh whether you know you wherever you are in life basically there's something for you and uh, we'd love to see you there. So you should check it all out on our website. Yeah, there's just a ton happening this summer. It's not like we uh, couldn't pick a couple of things and talk about them because we totally could. We have plenty of options. It's just that there's so much. We yeah. don't want to miss anything. You're right. So you should just go check it out. Yeah, exactly. And to be like, we're authentic and all relationships around here. We can't keep up oh, no. with everything nope. that's going on because we don't ever see everything that we do. We're just We're just a couple of dudes chatting it up in front of a video camera yep. for you. On a Sunday morning, they yeah. don't they don't trust us with anything. We're like, what's on the like what's on the Google Calendar this week? Oh, oh, we got yeah. this, this, and this yeah. going on. That's they, how we roll. Like, You'll right. see when you get there. Yes, yeah, basically. <laughs> and you know, we 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 we're good with that. Yeah, we're good with that. Yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah. So you honestly, if you go to the events page and peruse it for like five ten minutes, you'll probably know more than us. If we're just being honest. Thanks. And it's going to be all great information that you'll then know. So. Anyway, if you're new here, you can fill out a welcome card. You'll probably see a button at either right now or sometime in the service down here. If you're on the phone over there, if you're on a computer, fill out a welcome card. Let us know how we can serve you, um, how we can be praying for you, answer any questions you might have about PCC mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, so fill that out because we want to we wanna be able to thank you for being here and, like, and do all those things I just mentioned. And that's the best way to do it. Yes. Yep. We're almost out of time, man. I that was know. fast. It that felt really, really fast. Quick. Yeah. It went really quick. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. Right? Yes. Exactly. All right. I'm going to pray for us. And then uh, we'll be ready to go. Let's do it. God, we're so grateful for this opportunity to hear from you, to experience you. I pray that we would be able to do that in the worship that we're going to take part in here in a minute, and that we would hear from you in the message that Pastor Angie's going to give. We thank you. We love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's do it. It's time. We'll see you in there. At PCC, we take Jesus seriously. When he said, love God with all your heart, we think he actually meant it. So, we do.
about God from passionate teachers. We make worship and studying the Bible a daily part of our lives. We wrestle with Scripture together and on our own. And we go wherever He leads us to help others do the same thing. Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. And we think He meant that too. So we spend time together because we think relationships matter. We offer help when it's needed. We live generously. We give sacrificially. And we welcome everybody. We take Jesus seriously, but not ourselves. We're the least likely people with the most amazing God and a passionate vision to love God and to love others. To reach people who don't go to church so that we can all know God, discover purpose, get real, make a difference, and be the change. glad you are here today. Welcome to church. Well, hey, welcome to church. Glad that you're with us today. If you're ready, let's get ready to sing together. I once had a heart that was dead in the grave. Bound in the darkness, a powerless slave Then having reached out from the cross to my soul Hell started to shake and it had to let go I'll never get over it I'll never get over it I was dead in my sin but your love wouldn't quit I'll never get over it oh, 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 oh. Hey, hey, hey. I once was a prisoner in sin's heavy chains Held for a dead I could never repay Then out of the grave with a great victory He shattered those chains and he set me free And I'll never get over it I'll never get over it I was dead in my sin but your love wouldn't quit I'll never get over it Hey, 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 
There is a song I know it well A melody that's never failed On mountains high and valleys low My soul will rest my confidence in you alone And hope has a name His name is Jesus My Savior's cross Has set the sinner free Hope has a name His name is Jesus Oh Christ be praised I have victory There is a light Salvation's flame Christ undefeated Trampled the grave I see now the cross And be lifted high
Hope has a name. And we thank you for joining us today as we praise that name, the name of Jesus, and give back even a small portion to God the love that he so graciously shared with us. If the hope of Jesus is something that's new to you today, if it seems strange, that's okay. Church is here for you. We're here for you no matter where you've come from. So welcome. We're glad that you're here. I'm Elijah Shirelli, Assistant Campus Pastor of our Powhatan Campus. And I'm Mark Tapscott, Campus Pastor of our online community. We are glad that you're here, and we want to make sure that we're here for you. So take a minute to fill out the welcome card to let us know how we can pray for you or answer your questions. You can click the link in the chat or visit our website at pccwire.net to do that. We do like to keep you informed around here. So if you weren't with us last week, you may have missed a big announcement that we shared. And it's a good thing. It's worth celebrating. Our senior pastor, Brian Hughes, and his wife, Susan, kicked off their summer-long sabbatical last week. This break was required by our steering team, whose primary job is to protect our church, which in part means looking after the health of Brian and Susan. But don't worry. Have no fear. Both of them, they're very much healthy. But after 20 years of ministry and the grueling past few years during this COVID era, this sabbatical is going to allow them to both breathe and rest and reconnect with their family in a unique way. And there's a special video on our website giving more details about that. But know this, Brian and Susan's break doesn't mean a break for us. We'll keep up our mission of reaching those around us who don't go to church. Our amazing teaching team will bring you your messages each week, so stay with us as we continue to pursue the fullest lives possible through Jesus. Absolutely. It's going to be a great summer, including one of my favorite summer happenings here at PCC. It leads me to a question. Mark, do you like to eat? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of evident that I like to eat a little I'm bit. I'm right there with you. Yeah. How about meeting? Meeting? Yeah. Does it involve eating? In this case, it does. Then yes. Sign me it up. does. <laughs> mean eating. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, awesome. but it is time for our summer meet and eat groups. This is an easy way to both enjoy some food and meet some people from your local campus. God designed us to be in community after all. So meet and eat groups are a great way to dip your toe into that space. Groups meet once per month during the summer, and that's really all there is to it meeting people, and eating with them. We're still pulling together groups for July and August, so be on the lookout for that. Now, I know many of you are watching online, and uh, you live near campus, so this is a great way to connect outside of the online experience and get to know the others that are watching with you. Now, for those that aren't near a local campus or who just simply prefer an online experience, we'll help set you up via Zoom. Now, you can connect with folks in your community online, and we'll just grab your dinner, log in, and get to know each other while you eat together from wherever you are. Now, you can let us know you're interested in a meet and eat group by filling out the form on our website, and we'll be in touch with you to get you connected. Absolutely. You know, connecting people to each other is a part of what we do because we believe God works in special ways and grows our faith through community with others. And we see people sparking these connections through things like meet and eat groups or growth track, mission trips, and various events that we hold throughout the year. And it's that sense of knowing some of the people around you and being known by them, that's what carries you through to Sunday mornings, making this experience, this opportunity even more special. And we couldn't do any of it without your generosity. Every time you invest in our church, you're investing in this community of faith. 
You're investing in the flourishing of faith as people find each other and pursue God together. And that's really special. So thank you for your gifts. And if you'd like to be a part of that, if you'd like to give today, you can do that safely and easily on our website. And to that end, Mark, would you pray for us today? Absolutely. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we get to do life together with other people, other people that you created. And God, we just thank you that we have a church where we can get to know folks. We can do things like meet and eat. And it doesn't matter where you live through our technology of being online. We can do that uh, with everyone. So God, thank you for the folks that give and make that possible. And we thank you that we get to uh, be part of that and to be part of a church where we can get to know each other and experience faith and grow our faith. And so we just give you thanks for the opportunities that we have to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown. This is my surrender. And this is my surrender. Here is where I
Well, hey, it's us again, and if you follow us on social media, you saw that we put out a bunch of questions for you to answer. Uh, Favorites, if you will. We put two classic categories against each other, then asked you to vote on what's your favorite. It was simple. You came out, you showed up, and we're going to discuss the results here. Mark, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first one is a doozy, okay? But before we show you the results, I just want to let you know, Ford versus Chevy. That's a doozy. If you're online right now, answer in the chat. Answer in the chat. If you're watching this live, answer in the chat. Ford or Chevy. You can do that for all of them. What would you say? Easy. I'm a Ford, I'm a Ford driver. Oh, easy, he yeah, says. Easy. Well, we'll see. Easy. I personally know next to nothing about this, so I drive a Hyundai, so there you go. That wasn't an option. But, all right, here we go. Ford, Chevy. Let's see. Wow, Ford. look at that. Hey, you were right. Of course. Yeah, of course. There you go. And that just proves that Ford Tough is not an oxymoron. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, it's there not. you go. Callback. Not, yeah. Nice. That yeah. was great. You know, Chevy, guys, I guess you need to come out stronger next time. That's all. If you really believe in this, you got to show up. That's pretty much it. All right, the next one, though, I do know a good bit about. Marvel versus DC. We're talking mm-hmm. comics here. And this one is easy. You did this thing? No. It's know. easy. I already know the answer. Let's see what you all said. And, yeah, you know the answer, too. Yeah, <laughs> because you know the answer because the, the 12% down here in D.C., they're Batman fans. That's pretty much it. Because, like, other than Batman, Superman, who really is D.C.? The Flash? Green Lantern? Nah, like, D- miss D- me with DC that. D.C. just means doesn't count, right? Yeah, well, in this vote, <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, it does. Marvel rules the day. Yeah, that was easy. All right, we're going to move on. Another doozy, though, this time. Dogs and cats. Oh, wow. Dogs and cats. What do you got? This might call us a fight or two. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. What do you got? I own a cat named Jackie Chan. Nice. Yeah, I'm okay. Cat I'm proud wow. to say. Does he do all his own stunts? Oh, yeah. He's ninja. All right. He's great. Tom Cruise style. All right. <laughs> well, I'm a dog guy. Let's see what y'all are right here. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, you are right. Way to go, Mark. <laughs> Defend yourself, man. I've got nothing to bark about. <laughs> oh. You get that? Oh, did I get that? Yeah. Get yeah, yeah. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for checking if I understood the joke. <laughs> yeah, dogs are the best. If you cats. voted cats, you're wrong. And, I think it's you know, like cats the musical. Little strange. They, they voted for. If it was cats the musical, it would be a lot lower than oh, that. Probably. Okay. Right. Yeah. It would be a lot lower than that. All right. Here's one that's going to be apropos. I'm not going to say any more about it. But country versus rock, and I mean the music genre, the musical genre. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're a four guy, and you like are adamant about it, so. I don't want to stereotype, but I'm pretty sure you're a country guy. I'm a country guy. Okay. Through and through. Yeah, makes sense. Easy. Makes easy. sense. Well, let's see what y'all are. I think I know how this uh, is. Look at that. Look Whoa. at that. Yeah, I That's know. It's beautiful. This is, this, I'm in the, I'm in the minority here, Rock, because I don't know, man. I just can't. I can't do it. I just can't. It's not all that. Come I on. I mean, Come on. it's mostly that. Yeah. Let's be real. Well. But it's cool. I, I kind of knew this was going to be the result, to be honest. So, it, it's all right. I kind of saw this coming. Last one, though, Pepsi versus Coke. Pepsi versus Coke. I think this one's going to be lopsided, personally. Probably. I'm, I'm a Coke guy. I, I drink same, Coke. Same. Got to have Because Coke. Pepsi is just flat Coke, mm. or some people call it sweet Coke. <laughs> I just think it tastes flat no matter what. But let's check it out. Let's see if you agree with us. Yeah, absolutely. Way to go. This is great. Great result. Pepsi. You could, I think Pepsi should just go away so we only ever have Coke as an option. Because there's nothing worse than going to a restaurant and saying, can I have a Coke? And they say, we have Pepsi. Right. right. Being like, fine, can I have lukewarm water, please? Because that would be a better option than your Pepsi. Anyway, well, that's all the voting. So I hope you voted with us in the chat. Thank you if you came out to our socials to vote. 
Thanks for playing along. We'll see you soon. We all have favorites, don't we? Now, unlike most of you, I'm partial to Pepsi. And like most of you, I am definitely a dog person. I don't care as much about some of the others. And having favorites is fun. It's fine when we're talking about music and cars and things in our homes. Like I saw a meme on Facebook recently that said, one of the weird things about being an adult is having a favorite stovetop burner, yet nobody talks about it. Well, I'm talking about it. I have a favorite one. It's on the right, the one that's closest to me. And years ago, the Big Bang Theory character Sheldon Cooper made famous the idea that he had a favorite place to sit in his apartment. No one could touch his spot on the couch. And we might not be as fierce about it as Sheldon, but I have my favorite spot to drink my morning coffee in the recliner and my favorite end of the couch to sit and watch TV. I bet you do too. Now, let's get a little more personal. How about our favorite people? Now, lots of families have fun with this, mine included. I have some aunts. Oh, some of you pronounce that aunts. I have some aunts who used to say, hey, it's your favorite Aunt Kim. I had cousins who would jokingly, maybe, call my mom favorite Aunt Faye. And on one side of my family alone, I had six uncles. Some of them would pull me aside and say, I'm your favorite, right? Now, I'm not proud to admit, I have carried on this tradition. Recently, I was with my niece, Hazel, and I said, I'm your favorite frame, right? She looked at me funny. I mean, she said yes, because it was clearly the expected answer. But we both know it's not true. Her answer is contextual. When she wants someone to play a game or do an art project, her cousin Lily Frame is her favorite. When she wants to be silly and goofy, cousin Tristan Frame is her favorite. And when she wants to eat some sugar, Uncle Sammy Frame is her favorite. And it's no wonder. When Uncle Sammy knows she's coming over, he makes special trips just for her. He goes and buys chocolate milk. We never buy chocolate milk, just so she can have some. And he'll run by Dunkin' for donuts or the store for ice cream. Aunt Angie isn't really Hazel's favorite frame. And we all know that. It's just a game. My stepdad plays this game by pulling each of the four grandkids aside and whispering in their ear, don't tell the others, but you're my favorite. Now, this game can be harmless if everyone knows it's a game but it's not always a game, is it? And it's not always harmless. And the book of James in the Bible showing favoritism gets called out loudly and clearly. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. As we've noted with other parts of James, it's very clear who James is giving this directive to. This isn't for everybody, although we could argue that favoritism is always bad, James is explicitly talking to those who believe in Jesus. It is critical that we not show favoritism, and God sets the example for us. Elsewhere in the Bible, in a letter to the church in Rome, it says, for God does not show favoritism. And in a letter to a church in a town called Galatia, it says, 
God does not show favoritism. The Bible is clear that God doesn't show favoritism. And if we are followers of Jesus, then we are always trying to be more and more like God, knowing we will never attain that goal entirely. And part of being like God is not showing favoritism to people. Well, okay, well, what does that mean? First, let's talk about what it does not mean. Not showing favoritism does not mean you have to relate to everyone equally. That's impossible. If we had to relate to every person the same, then we wouldn't have any friends. We would never date or get married, and the human race would end because there would be no more children. Dating requires that we spend more time with a person, that we're in closer proximity to them, that we treat them differently than other people. The same is true of marriage. And kids, when they enter our lives, they completely monopolize our time and attention. And it would be ridiculous to think that we have to relate equally to our eight-month-old baby, our eight-year-old kid, our 18-year-old teenager, and 80-year-old parent or grandparent. You know, Jesus models this for, for us, not with people of different ages, but of different relationships and responsibilities. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples. Now, we don't know, but is it possible that some of the people in the crowds around Jesus were jealous that they weren't asked to be one of the 12? Well, sure it is, because that's how people work. But when Jesus was a human, he couldn't relate to all of his followers or crowds of 5,000 people in the exact same ways. He had to select a manageable number, 12. And he went even further than that. Within the dozen, there were three. At one point in his ministry, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Jesus selected just three of his followers to go on a hike with him and to see him be transfigured from his human appearance to his divine one. Now, again, we don't know, it's speculation, but I think it's safe to say that the other nine guys would have liked to have seen that too, to have had that experience with Jesus. But he didn't take all of them on this trip or on other trips. These three carried more responsibility than the other disciples. It doesn't mean they were better or that Jesus was playing favorites. As we do life, as you do life, you'll have to relate to different people in different ways. That's okay. It's necessary. In fact, to try to do it all equally would be disastrous if it were even possible. So what does it mean that we must not show favoritism? It means not valuing some people too much and others too little. And those two things always go together. You can't have one without the other. See, when we show favoritism to one person, we're saying they are better, more worthy. And by necessity, that means that everybody else is not as good as, not worthy of special treatment. So let's look at these two sides of the same coin individually. First, showing favoritism is valuing some people too much. One of Jesus' most passionate and capable leaders shows us this. 
Peter. Now, Peter, he was the guy, the one of whom Jesus himself said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Peter was the man who was held in high esteem. He had the keys of the kingdom. He was the foundation of Jesus' church. If anyone had reason to think he deserved to be on the receiving end of favoritism, then it was Peter. And yet, when a man fell at his feet in reverence, Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. This is a powerful statement for us if we're going to be people who don't show favoritism. Peter displays that if we're serious about not showing favoritism, then we have to be serious about not receiving it too. Because if we're part of it, if we allow it, then we are still culpable. Part of not showing favoritism is not letting people value us too much. How do we do that? We remember our humanity. That's what Peter does here. When he is shown favoritism, he dispels it by reminding others and himself that he's only human, just a man, no matter how much influence or prestige he has. And I'll admit it, this is hard. I mean, not the remembering my humanity part. I'm reminded of that every day. Just this past week, as I was walking out of small group, one of my friends said it was helpful for her to hear of my struggles too. Well, I got plenty of those to share, and she's right. One of the reasons that being in a small group where we can get real is so important is that we do just that. We get real about our own humanity. And when we do that, we mitigate against valuing ourselves or letting others value us too much. But to do what Peter did, to turn down preferential treatment, that's tough. I mean, because we all know favoritism is bad, and we all like it when we're the favorite. I have confessed this on this platform before. I'll confess it again. I was the kind of student who liked to be the favorite, the teacher's pet. And that didn't end when I graduated high school. My twin sister and I went to the same small private college on the same substantial scholarship, which was great because with colleges, it seems like there's an inverse relationship between how big it is and how much it costs. The smaller the school, the more exorbitant the cost. And let's be honest, even the big ones that are less expensive are plenty costly themselves. So these scholarships, they were game changers for us sisters going off to college at the exact same time. And they seem to have come with a perk, namely a corner dorm room with a few extra square feet, but more importantly, a second window. Now, normally, I don't pay much attention to how many windows are around and which walls they're on because of this wonderful modern convenience known as air conditioning. However, when you're not living in a wonderful modern dorm room, but a beautiful old historic one, guess what you don't have? Air conditioning. Guess what you can't install on the front of a historic brick building with the big white columns? Window units. And guess what the weather's like in mid-August in Virginia? Hot 
insanely hot, sticky, humid, too hot to sleep, too hot to work, too hot to think hot. And in that situation, a second window on a perpendicular wall changes everything. Because see, it's not just a window into another view. It's the gateway for air to move, for a breeze. And in sticky, humid, mid-August heat, a breeze changes everything. Now, were my sister and I any more valuable than anyone else on the third floor of that dorm? No. Were we any more deserving of a breeze? No. Did we admit that to residence life and surrender our room? No. And was that necessary? Probably not. A more comfortable room's not quite the same as having someone kneeling in the dirt at our feet. But Peter's example is still profound. Peter recognized that he was being valued too highly. He also learned that he wasn't valuing others enough. That's the second half of this problem. Showing favoritism is valuing some people too little. Peter's realization of that began one day when he was on his roof praying and he had a vision. He saw a sheet being lowered from heaven with all sorts of animals on it that he wasn't allowed to eat as a Jewish man. And a voice in the vision told him to eat these prohibited foods Surely not, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Now, this is a weird story. It's, it's odd to us because we don't decide which animals we eat based on whether they're pure and clean or not. But Peter was Jewish. And in his culture and faith, only eating clean animals was really important. And at first blush, that's what we think this story is about. But two days later, Peter will repeat what he heard in that vision. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Except this time, he'll be talking not about animals, but about people. See, God leads Peter to a town with people of another culture, and it's in that context that, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. When I read that Peter said this, it kind of makes me cringe. Like, really? God had to tell you you shouldn't do that? I can't imagine calling anyone impure or unclean, not to their face or behind their back. Or, well, maybe that's not entirely true. See, I used to go on lots of mission trips and weekend retreats with teenagers here. And after working outside in the heat for eight to 10 hours, some of those guys would change out of work clothes and into athletic ones and then go play frisbee or basketball. And then they would try to come to dinner to walk through a buffet line, hovering over the food, touching the serving utensils while sweat dripped from their bodies and dirt muddied their hands, and the smell created a six-foot barrier around them. 
in that situation, I didn't hesitate to call someone unclean and ban them from dinner until they were clean. But calling someone dirty because of sweat and dirt, it's not exactly what Peter's talking about. See, it was against Peter's Jewish, Jewish laws for him to be here with these people. Jews didn't associate with Gentiles or non-Jews. And those groups of people, they probably called each other all sorts of things. Yet Peter follows God's movement in his life to defy custom and culture and Jewish law and enter a non-Jewish home. I want to hang out here for a minute. See, God gave Peter the vision when he was at home. But the vision didn't become a realization until Peter entered a home he wasn't supposed to be in, with people he wasn't supposed to be with. That's when he got it. When he glanced around at the large gathering of people, when he looked into each face, that's when he realized that every single one of them was created by God in God's image and that they had value just because of that. That's when he connects the dots that that vision wasn't really about animals. It was about these people in this home with him because proximity matters. As long as Peter stayed with people who looked, talked, ate, dressed, and believed like him, it was easy, easy to think of those people over there as impure or unclean. It was easy to be part of the favorite people and allow them to be the victims of favoritism. But then Peter followed God's nudge in his heart to go and be with these people. And he learned that it's altogether different when you're standing among them, not against them. When it's we instead of they. The way to counteract valuing people too little is to enter their world. That's what Peter did. And it's what we do. Like when we do good, we don't just send money to people in need. We take ourselves into their worlds. We see how they live. We do life alongside them in their communities, whether that's in Tanzania, Belize, or Moldova, or if it's in West Virginia, like where our student mission team is going next month. But we don't have to travel far to enter other people's worlds. When's the last time? When's the last time you entered a conversation with people who didn't look or live like you? Whether it's a clique at work or school, a tribe of moms who have different parenting ideas than yours, a different generation that you struggle to understand, or people of a different race or gender, what would it look like to enter their world, to be among them, to see them on their home turf where they're comfortable? How might it change your perception? Years ago, a family reached out to me for some time. They'd been coming to our church for a little while. They had some questions for me. So I made plans to visit them in their home, which shocked them. See, they were different from me, different from many of us. They were surprised that I would meet them in their home. And they were afraid. Afraid that once I heard their story, found out who they really were and how they really lived, that they wouldn't be welcome anymore. But I was honored. I was honored to be welcomed into their home, to be entrusted with their honest questions and to give them honest answers. We spent a long time talking and we didn't shy away from the hard parts of the conversation. I mean, so far they were loving their experience here, 
But before they got too attached, they wanted to make sure that there was a real possibility that we could be their church. And it was a joy that night to speak on behalf of our church and say, yes, we can be your church. You can be church with us. And I knew I could say that because one of our core values here is that we're accepting of all people. We're accepting, which doesn't mean that we agree about everything, just that we accept all people, period. You know, that's the context for this verse from James. This prohibition of favoritism was written to people who were already part of the church about how to treat people who were checking out church. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? James' whole point is about not showing favoritism at church. That's what he means by meeting. And having a good seat at church now is just as important as it was then. No matter what someone looks like, no matter how much money they have or don't have, whether they're young or old, black, brown, or white, no matter what they've done, where they're from, or if they've ever set foot in a church before, they deserve to be greeted by a friendly face who says, here's a good seat for you. This is really important to us here at PCC. Now that we're emerging from the pandemic, our campuses are growing again, so maybe it's a good time for a reminder. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, then make sure there are good seats available for everyone who walks through our doors. Do you know what qualifies as a good seat? One that's easy to get in and out of, namely seats in the back close to the aisles. Do you know where I sit at church, where I've always sat at PCC, long before I was a campus pastor or teaching pastor who hopped onto and off of the platform every week? Front and center. Do you know why? Well, first, I do actually like it up there because I can completely focus without distraction, but mostly because a guest isn't going to want to sit front and center. And if I sit there, then I free up a more comfortable seat for them without knowing who they are or what they look like because that doesn't matter. They deserve a good seat just because they walked in the door. When we abstain from showing favoritism, our churches get bigger as more people feel more comfortable investigating their questions about God and Jesus and life. And we learn or learn again that God isn't just for those of us who are already here. He's not just for the people who look like they have it all together. No, he is and always has been the God who created the whole world, who loves the whole world, who died for the whole world. He made every person and he can interact with whomever he wants to, whenever and however he wants to. We don't get to put him in a box or limit him. 
Yeah, I want God to work in me and in our church, but he can also work in you and in the church down the street and the people who don't look like me, who don't dress or eat or talk like me. God can work in the person who's never been to church, even the person who's not sure about God. You know why? Because he's God and that's his prerogative. And as Peter said, I am only a man myself. I'm human, and so are you. As such, we have value as people created by God in his image. And as such, we all fall short of being who God wants us to be. And we show favoritism instead of love. James says, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. The opposite of showing favoritism is loving your neighbor. The opposite of lots of sins is loving your neighbor. God's been telling his people to love your neighbor as yourself for a long time. From an old book of Jewish law called Leviticus, to Jesus repeating it when he was on earth, to James repeating it here. And it's repeated so often because it's that important. And here's the truth. We're all guilty of not always loving all of our neighbors as ourselves, of valuing some people too much and others too little. So thank goodness. Thank goodness that God doesn't show favoritism. I'm not sure I'd make the cut, and I'm grateful that I don't have to. Do you remember that survey we mentioned earlier where we had you pick your favorites? One of the questions was whether people's favorite music genre was rock or country. Well, country won by a country mile. So we're going to close today's service with a song for you. We don't usually do songs like this, but listen to the words because we're all human. We're all doing the best we can with the time we have in the same broken world. We're all in this together. We're all in the same boat, fishing in the same hole, wondering where the same time goes. We're all in the same boat, we believe what we believe peacefully agree to disagree but you can't judge a man until you walk a country mile in his shoes we're all in the same boat fishing in the same hole wonder where the same time goes and money too it's the same broken hearts Wishing on the same star We're all hoping hope flows We're all in the same boat We all been kicked Knocked around You ain't gonna keep a good man down You can surely run from your mistakes But you can't hide from your truth we're all in the same boat 
fishing in the same hole Wonder where the same time goes I'm money too Trying to fix the same rule cause Wishing on the same stars We're all hoping hope flows We're all in the same If you wouldn't take those shots Keep reloading if you can't be nice Don't say nothing at all, nothing at all. Some help somebody that might be struggling Spread a little love Gotta give back something If the ship keeps rocking Long we'll go love on board We're all in the same boat Fishing in the same boat Wonder where the same time goes Money too Trying to fix the same broken hearts Wishing on the same stars We're all open hope floats We're all in the same boat We're all open hope floats We're all in the same boat God doesn't play favorites and he invites us to do the same because when we realize that we're all really just in the same boat and treat each other well all the time, we can all begin to experience the fullest lives possible through Jesus. Thank you for joining us for almost the end of our Old Brother series. We're going to wrap it up next week, so invite a friend and we'll see you then.
Life's all about patience, take it one day at a time. Life's all about patience, take it one day at a time, yeah. that far. 